Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, the podcast where we take a look at some of Hollywood's biggest franchises and then pitch our own ideas for sequels. This week, we're taking a look at the Transformers universe in preparation for the release of The Last Night later this week. We're going right back to the source with the original TV show and covering the entire cocaine-fueled Michael Bay franchise to see if maybe, maybe he could have done things a little bit better... Then, of course, we put forward our own pictures of how we'd like to see the franchise grow. Very rarely does that bear any resemblance to reality. Now, we did get a bit trigger-happy on the references this week, so there's a lot of spoiler alerts. So here we go. This week's episode contains spoilers for... Obviously, the entire Transformers back catalogue, including the original animated TV show and movie, the Michael Bay years, and also the Beast Wars TV show. And then we also have... Beauty and the Beast, both versions, Earth Girls Are Easy, Jingle All The Way, Little Shop of Horrors, Ant-Man, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, The Santa Claus, and A Nightmare Before Christmas, and possibly Mr. Popper's Penguins, but we're not sure because none of us have seen it. Enjoy. Hi listeners, I'm Maximal Calvin, and here with me are uh, Decepticon Alan. What, why are you the bad guy? I'm Optimus Alan. Mm, okay, Optimus <laughs> Alan. What, what am I? Am I, am I Shia LaBeouf's dad? <laughs> You're that little dog that's humping the other dog in, that, uh, in, in, in the crap one. <laughs> the crap one? One. <laughs> And today we're going to be talking about Transformers in anticipation of the new one, um, The Last Night. So, where to begin? Um, the animated series. Well, yes. There is There is actually a step before. Do either of you two know how Transformers came into into being? The, the action figure, toy things, right? Yes, yes. Uh, basically, um, Hasbro, the American toy company, had a big success with G.I. Joe. That yeah, we, They were action man over here. Um, but basically, that was based on some like salesperson went over to Japan and found a toy line called Microman. And they brought that same <laughs> toy line over to America and rebranded it and then made an animated TV show out of it. And that was very successful. So they went back to Japan and there was another toy line um, called Diaclone, which was uh, robots that transformed into vehicles. But a lot of them... Did- I, I- just a quick, which one has a better theme tune, do you think, Calvin? G.I. Joe or Transformers? Oh, Transformers. Oh, I don't know about that. I do. Yo, Joe! <laughs> Transformers, more than meets the eye. A real American hero. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's brilliant. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Radioactive Spider-Man. Are we having a single? That, that was the 90s version. <laughs> spider-plasm, spider-plasm, radioactive spider-plasm. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> Is that an actual <laughs> <laughs> So 
So anyway, um, Hasbro found this uh, toy line and brought it over to America and made a series out of it and basically just hired a couple of writers to create a backstory and uh, names and personalities. You know when they say they they found this and took it to, did that mean they stole the idea, or did they pay for the idea? Oh, no, 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 they paid, they paid. Oh, okay, it was a whole properly contracted, you <laughs> okay. know, um, thing. But in the original Japanese toy line, a lot of these toys didn't have names, or, you know, it became tradition for Hasbro on the back of all their Transformers toys to, you know, they'll give you a little card saying, you know, this character's intelligence out of ten is this, their strength out of ten is this, and you get a little <laughs> bit of a backstory and personality. Uh, kind of, yeah, except, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could use it that way, but it's more just so that when kids are playing with it, they can, you know, okay, this is that character, and I can... And then, of course, they made the series out of it, which um, started in 1984, Transformers G1. Um, are you familiar <laughs> at all with... That, that's not what it was called. <laughs> Transformers Generation 1, it's called G1. It, well, was... retroactive. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. retroactively, that's been applied. Okay, fine. Are either of you familiar with the original um, TV show? Well, I I watched the uh, film spin-off just the other day in preparation for this, and it didn't make any sense whatsoever, so I feel like I was missing Uh. the backstory from the show. Okay, yeah, I mean, I I believe, if if I remember correctly, I watched the film of the original animated series, Um, I think I borrowed your, like, metal... DVD, <laughs> your like special edition thing, because you were going on. I, I did get the special collector's edition case. Yes, you, you kept telling me how much better it was than Michael Bay's films and how it was really <laughs> great and everything. And and then I watched it, and it, it, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. The <laughs> oh, film. It's, it's really bad. Where does it rank in comparison with Resident Evil? Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> Come oh, on. oh, yeah, this <laughs> Okay, well, to give you a bit of backstory, the 1984 series started where there was a um, there was a war on Cybertron. I'm going to use a lot of words that you're all just going to laugh at throughout <laughs> this whole thing, so try and keep it to a minimum. Yeah. So, the series begins with, um, there are good guys and bad guys. The good guys are the <laughs> Autobots, and they transform into uh, land vehicles, and the bad guys transform into cars and water-based vehicles. So, they leave Cybertron, they're having this massive battle, and they crash land on prehistoric Earth. And they're, they're sort of knocked out for thousands of years, and they wake up in 1985. Um, and then they wake up on Earth, and uh, they they meet this little kid, and they have adventures and stuff. Like, the show isn't actually that brilliant. I've seen all, I've seen all of season one of the show, and it is very much episodes will revolve around, you know, this Decepticon is going to attack the oil well. Oh no, let's go stop him, and then that's about it, really. There's not much. What's that, Bumblebee? Mm. There's a boy <laughs> down the well? It's kind of like that. It, it's it's one of those kind of poor 80s cartoons. So, I'll, so basically, the, the show ran for, I think it was about two or three seasons before it got to the movie, and there wasn't much in the way of a story arc or... Yeah, I mean, there were some standout characters like Starscream, who is Megatron's lieutenant, um, is dis- uh, duplicitous and wants to overthrow Megatron and be leader of the Decepticons himself. But it never really goes anywhere. There's no arc. It doesn't lead to anything. I, ju- I just have a few questions about how it all works. Is this in relation to the movie? Should I set the movie up it, first? It's, uh... it's just in relation to Transformers as a concept, to be honest. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So they're they're like an alien race, right? Yes. So how come they turn into vehicles designed specifically to carry human passengers? 
Ah, yes, that, well, that's because on Cybertron, they transformed into other forms, um, ways of getting around quicker. And then when they came to Earth, they needed to disguise themselves so that humans wouldn't see that they were there. So they, even though apparently everyone knows that they're on the planet anyway. Robots so in the whole disguise. Point, robots in disguise. So they scan new um, vehicles and then are able to transform into them. But from what I remember in the in the animated one, certainly there's stuff like a there's a bit where one of the robots turns into a car to drive under the sea. So it's not exactly inconspicuous. It's just yeah, no, it's very. Um, I mean, they're they're out like in cities, like saving humans and having big fights and stuff. And and like Megatron turns into a a, a gun, which is kind of lame, like a really little gun. Like he's this huge <laughs> robot, and then he just transforms into a. Can he pull his own trigger, or does he need someone else? to do No, it? someone else has to do it. <laughs> One no, I don't them... think that's entirely true. I'm sure there are episodes where he does shoot himself. But... One of them Sh- turns... shoot, shoot the gun himself. One of them he turns into himself. like a boombox, from what I remember. Oh, that's yes, Soundwave! <laughs> Soundwave! He's brilliant. It's definitely, and that's definitely some. We'll get onto this later, but in the in the Michael Bay films, that is definitely something that's missing. They're all just cars and planes and stuff, and it's like we need more. Need more boomboxes. <laughs> and I, I, I used to have massive issue with just like how these things could possibly have like evolved and blah 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 blah. But I watched the fourth film last night and it felt like they were going out of their way to hand wave all that with a load of bullshit. So I'll, I'll leave it for now. Yeah, I don't know how deeply you can look into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I see. I, I don't remember. The, the show, right? I don't remember this cartoon show, but I know for a fact that when I was a child, I had Transformers wallpaper in my bedroom. Huh. So maybe I did watch it. <laughs> I can't remember it. Your parents didn't know you at all, did they? <laughs> well, I might have watched it. I don't know. So um, sh- shall I give you a bit? We, we all watched the animated movie then, yeah? The yeah, 1986 yeah. film. Yeah. So do you know how this film came about? Do you know why it was made? Sell toys. Uh, well, uh, sort of, yes, um, because the series had been running for two or three years now, um, kids had mainly bought most of the main character toys, so everyone had an Optimus Prime, everyone had a Megatron, so this movie was um, a very conscious attempt to kill off the previous toy line and introduce a new toy line, um, I mean, this is part of the reason why the movie didn't go down terribly well at the time, because obviously all these little kids who'd invested a couple of years of their life in their Optimus Prime action figure, and not even just watching the show, but creating their own adventures while playing, were quite mortified to see their hero dying like within the first ten minutes of the um, of the film. So it, it pissed off a lot of people, because I don't think the writers quite, you know, gave the audience enough credit to actually be invested in these robots. They just couldn't believe that people would. Be <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What? Pe- you you mean people actually care about this?" <laughs> um, so that that is basically why, in the first twenty minutes, it's a bloodbath and everyone gets killed, and then all of a sudden, it's all these new robots, new toys coming in. Well, I I mean, it was very confusing. I must admit, and, and it didn't feel like there was a lot of story. It, I mean, it started with a twenty-minute battle sequence, and then had about three minutes of people talking about the next battle. And then it was another mm. battle sequence. The music never stops at any point. It's mostly eighties power ballads. I mean, what was the budget you for the soundtrack the on this thing? Because these are <laughs> these are big songs. They weren't like original yeah. soundtrack stuff. Well, TV commercials tend to have quite a big music budget as well. They they always buy in big expensive songs, so it it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, I really don't like this film. 
<laughs> no. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a silly kid's film. It's like, you know, if you know the show and it, make, it makes sense. It's like if you're just going to Pokemon blind, I'm sure that would make no sense. Mm. The animation's pretty in some places. Ooh, well, that's the other thing. I mean, is it? Because it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought the animation was pretty shit. I, was, it's, I like it, it. I think it's hideous. Like, the, the character... Like, this is the first thing. One of my big issues with Transformers is I think the character designs are so unappealing and ugly. They don't look like robots. They look like a fucking truck that's been disassembled and then put back together in a really awkward way. Isn't, isn't that the point? It's, even as a kid, I thought, oh, that doesn't look like a cool robot. Like, I loved robots as a kid, but I was never that really into these things. Well, so. they were limited by the um, design capabilities of the 1980s. I mean, to- the toys yeah. today are much more sophisticated. But then even the human then... characters are just, like, these hideous, like... I can't defend them. 1980s, cheap animation. Oh, I just, I think it's a horrible-looking film. I really do. It just looks so cheap, and it just it just feels like such a cash grab from start to finish. Like it, the fact oh, that yeah, it is just yeah. a feature length toy ad is really, I think, it grates on me more than maybe it otherwise would. They've got like proper actors as well to do voices. Like they've got <laughs> they've got really they've got proper voice actors who are presumably from the show. And then yeah, and then you got like Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles and people like that. Did you? I mean, you. I'm guessing everyone knows that it's Orson Welles. Before they yeah. come into it, but like it doesn't even sound like him, does it? No, no, I wouldn't have recognised it. It's, like, yeah. like, it's, it's famously what his last film role, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I love that. It's such a fitting end for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the film wasn't well received and didn't make much money at the time. So, uh, but it did spawn one more season of the show where they uh, focused on all these new toys which were brought in. It's very highly regarded now though by like, I can only assume people who were like two when they saw it and can't apply critical thinking to something from their childhood. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Though I I came to this a bit later because, um, well my childhood Transformers series was Beast Wars which I'm not sure for. Yeah, it's even more ugly. I was looking up pictures of that last night. Oh, it it, it can't help that it was only the second ever CG animated show. Like, that early, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reboot was the first and then Beast Wars was the second. I guess if you're gonna try and do it with anything, like horrible blocky Transformers are probably one of the best things to... The problem is then though when the alternative forms are supposed to be organic looking animals. (laughs) You could maybe get away with it with cars, but when it's... yeah. And it's basically a similar thing. There are Maximals who are the good guys and... (laughs) And... And Predacons, who are the bad guys, <laughs> and um, they are fighting in space, and they crash land on a planet, which later turns out to be Earth. At first, they don't know it's Earth, and um, they crash land, and there's a huge deposit of Energon on the planet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so they have to scan beast forms. Energon! It sounds like um, that could be a character as easily, is it? <laughs> no! Energon is... Oh, I'm Energon. That could be Eric Idle's character in the, in the original. And so they, they, they take on these beast forms. So they're robots, but the toys, like, you know, they turned into cheetahs and um, scorpions and things. Um, now, the, the thing about it being the, the second ever CEG show is significant because it meant that they could only have a very limited number of characters. So it's... Do they scan... Do they scan animals then? Yes. 
Can they only store, like, one animal at a time? Yes, well, this is the thing well, I was getting to, because they couldn't just... It's not like the original cartoon where the, you could have, like, 30 different characters on either side, because it was CG. They were so limited by how many characters they could actually have and create. So the numbers, the cast on each side was always very small. It never went beyond maybe seven characters on either side. Uh, and because it was prehistoric Earth, there were no cities or anything. It was all just jungles and forests <laughs> and animals. And, and yeah, I think it ran for three seasons. I, I love the show. I rewatched it again, oddly, oddly enough, um, earlier this year from start to finish. Uh, I still think it's a great, mature sort of show for kids. <laughs> when you, when you, no, I do! Like, you, it's like some really good sci-fi stuff later on. Oh, please, like, g- give me something from Star Trek. You love Star Trek. What? Dilithium crystals. crystals. <laughs> Dilithium crystals, right? Okay. What's a Roddenberry? Oh no, that's <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, I don't know Star Trek. It's, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, like, I knew about Beast Wars before I knew about Transformers, and then eventually in Beast Wars, it, they kind of tie it back to the original Transformers series because those Transformers crash landed on planet Earth, and these. Transformers would crash land on planet Earth, and it's prehistoric, so um, the Autobots and Decepticons are still, like, out cold <laughs> in a ship. And then the main villain of Beast Wars is trying to destroy Optimus Prime in the past, so that the future will change and the Decepticons will win the war and all this kind of stuff. So it, it they, they deal with time travel a bit, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And that kind of kept the series going for a bit, um, the line, and then after Beast Wars... There there were there've been various other shows. There was like a few anime series for a while, and um, the Transformers animated series came and went. And uh, there's always a Transformers series going on um, in some form or another. Now they just they don't tend to go back to the Beast Wars, so they just tend to reboot the thing every time they start a new series with animation style and whatever. But it's always Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and Megatron and Starscream. But yeah, I think that brings us to Transformers, the Michael Bay film. From 2007. I mean, it's not that weird that he made one of them, but isn't it weird that he's made, like, well, five it'll be soon, won't it? Michael Bay. Well, he keeps saying he's not going to make any more as well, which is the annoying thing. Like, after the three, he was like, right, that's it, I'm done. And then he came back for the fourth, and now he's back for the fifth, and now he's saying he's not coming back for the next one. I don't get the idea that he's a big fan of Transformers. No. that's why he's doing it. I feel like he's just using it as a sandbox to do whatever he feels like. But I don't know, you, you kind of just get the impression that he's, I don't know, that he has no artistic... Um, well, I don't know where you've got that idea from. Desires? Or... <laughs> <laughs> it, it just feels like he's not, he doesn't care about what he's making, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think, I think it was the writers that came in who were the ones who gave a crap. And I, I, I think you can tell as the series goes on, he becomes sort of more interested in the Transformers, I think, considering how much they're involved and how much sort of screen time they get just themselves. Because in the first movie, it's very much, God, we can't have anything without Shia LaBeouf or a, a human character interacting with, you know, Transformers. And then when you get to the fourth film, Transformers have entire scenes where it's just them chatting to each other and... And um, crucially, I think St- uh, Steven Spielberg is involved in this film as well. Um, but I, I think he's the he's the one who sort of saw beyond the Transformers thing and was very adamant that this be a film about a boy in his car. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you don't like that approach, right? No, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, no, no one in. I mean, I can't think of any time I've ever seen anyone 
say about a Transformers series. Oh yeah, I, I, the humans are the best thing about this. I can't wait to hear what the humans. I'll say that. Well, no, maybe what? Not. Yeah, I'll definitely. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to. In the Michael Bay films, absolutely, yeah. I would much rather watch John Malkovich <laughs> self-indulgently swanning around talking about boxing a robot than some poxy metal CGI thing. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, a deep voice. When it gets to the sort of the proper actors who are often in the supporting roles, yeah, fair enough, I agree with that. But Shia LaBeouf and Josh Duhamel and no, Megan I think Fox, these films I... are reliant on the human characters. It makes because the the, the robots just fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But that's by design. It's. I mean, that's just because it was written that way. Yeah. It's they're written to have no personality. The robots are pitched quite poorly. It's, you know, like you got mm. Bumblebee is the decent one, and then the rest are all boring. Yeah, Bumblebee. By the way, does it really annoy you guys? Because it really annoys me how he speaks through. Yes, eyes. I hate it's, it. It's meant, it's meant to be radio it's all broadcast, film clips but, and stuff. but apparently. <laughs> That's what I mean. Apparently, like, at any given time, someone happens to be broadcasting clips from, like, historic speeches, classic <laughs> films. Yeah. Like, things that you don't really hear on the radio. If it was all songs, you'd get away with it. Yeah. But I like it. As a character trait, it works. It gives... And it gives between him and Shia LaBeouf, it gives him much more of a kind of pet kind of sense because mm. he can't, they can't mm. communicate directly. Um, so mm. I think that works, actually. But yeah, it is annoying that he speaks through these other things. So sh- shall we? Uh, shall we talk about the um, the human characters in this film? Then, seeing as I think we can all agree that the robots don't really do that much. Shia LaBeouf before he became a human curio. As... Can I? Can I be very controversial? I like Shia LaBeouf. I like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Still. More now than ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I I found him in this film. I found I th- I thought he was perfect for this film. He's a charming lead. He's got mm. he's got this good balance of being like he's not the cool kid, but he's not just a, a, a total loser. He's not the nerd either. He's he's kind of that kind yeah. of stuck in the middle. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. He's he looks well, the right age. Megan Fox looks about twenty seven, so it look, it's really weird with them yeah. two together. It's weird because they are the same yeah. age. Because I I thought I thought that, so I looked up what ages they were, and they they were almost exactly the same age. Like, and in the later ones as well, when he he does more kind of comedy stuff, where he's like be, he's got having visions or and all that sort of stuff, and he's going slightly like mental. I I thought he did all that very well, and I kind of just enough comedy way to make but makes it work within the context of the film. I thought I was going to get more resistance uh, against that opinion. To be honest, no. I thought you got, I thought you were going to hate him, Calvin. I don't like. I don't like the character all that much, but I mean, he's fine in it. I mean, I, I, I would rather it be Shia LaBeouf, like an actor with personality, than just some you know blonde, good-looking man. So with the first film, I honestly I enjoyed it, and I like Shia LaBeouf. Uh, and and it, it's just as the general kind of action, it did what it said. Like I'm not saying it was a great film, but it kind of has a bit of a a shift in the middle where it just goes into a full blown comedy. Mm. And I liked that. Yeah. But then I didn't like it when it stopped. I, I wouldn't being even comedy. say it's a shift. It it, it just kind of is a full blown comedy. But it, when when the actual yeah when the actual Autobots turn up and then they're like sneaking around the garden and stuff, and then John Turturro turns up turns up. That's when it actually goes full on comedy, and then his parents become sitcom parents, and and all that stuff. And I love it all. I, I think his all parent, that works. His parents are sitcom parents from the first scene. Yeah, they? but they, it, it does. It definitely ramps up when we stop having to set up the plot, and we can start actually having fun with it. Right. And then all the action scenes are just like, all right, come on, get on with it. I want to see some more comedy. 
I mean, my, 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 I, I like the first film. I don't think I've stated really my, my, where, where I stand with it. I, I do like it. I, I have fond memories of going to see it when it first came out. I was excited for it. Despite the lack of characterization from the robots who, if you watched any of the other series, it's the robots you want to see. I want to see Starscream trying to backstab Megatron and... You, I bet you. Did you even know who Starscream was? Like, not really. I don't. I don't know yeah. who any of them were, and I've seen all the films now. Are you a really big fan of the um, the guy who does the voice of Optimus Prime, Calvin? I bet you love it. Uh, not guy. really. I'm a. I'm a much bigger fan of Gary Chalk, who did the voice of Optimus <laughs> Primal in Beast Wars. Well, yeah. I just don't you think Optimus Prime's voice is a bit shit in these films? Every line he says sounds like. This. It's like when you listen to Top Gear presenters and they all talk like this. Every line. <laughs> My problem with the voices, and this is for all the films, is that I never feel like the voice is actually coming from the Transformer. It's weird. It just feels mm. like a voiceover on screen. It really does, than... doesn't it? You, yeah, you know what? That's that's really hit it on the head. You're right. Yeah, I don't know what it is, if it's just not mixed right or if it needs some kind of filter on it to make it feel like it's coming out of a robot yeah. or what. But it, it is a it's a big problem for me. And also just generally how the Transformers are shot. Like, they're not shot yeah. as characters. They're, I mean, yeah, and yeah. that's the, that's the thing, because, I don't know, maybe that's a conscious thing because we're not supposed to think of them as characters because we're all the humans, but they're shot as if they're just objects rather than personalities. The, um, the, one, the thing I liked about the first one that we don't see so much in the second one is... The more uh, more use of the transformers actually being transformers, so the thing yes. turns into a, a into a boombox thing and, and and gets onto Air Force One or whatever it is, yeah. Oh, and then it can turn into a mobile phone to disguise itself. Thing for most of them, it's just like right, we're robots. Let's have a fight. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll just become a car I, I, for a yeah. bit to hide, and it's like that's surely that's a big part of it. The way that they're yeah. used as their transformed state as well. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Yep, completely agree. So the second one was one of the uh, films that came out of the writer's strike yes. um, back in 2007, and you can tell. Yes, <laughs> like, you really can, can't you? There's this whole like slew of films from like 2000, end of 2008, like in, into 2009 that just, mm. yeah, the, the quality drop when you have Michael Bay rewriting lines on set. Is, yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I'm not a huge fan of any of these films, but again, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is one of the worst films I've ever seen. On my uh, list I, again. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably agree with that. I think it's a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful film. Hmm. To be honest with you, I, I found these Transformers films all very much the same. I, I think the first one uh, was better, but... Really? I, I can't say there was a massive drop. I found them as pointless and just nonsense action as the rest of them. Mudflap and Skids. <coughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> what was the, What are they? I don't, I don't They're know. the racist caricatures that follow Megan Fox around. You know, there's... you might have to be more specific. <laughs> to be honest, I bet Alan, you you probably quite enjoyed the robot testicles. I could see that being a highlight for you. <laughs> Isn't that the third one? No, no that's, that's the second one. one. Oh God, I don't know what's what's what's. It? I think yeah, this you just have too much of John Turturro doing his over the top shtick, and I don't know. I think that got me through it. I'm all right <sighs> with that. Because I, I just don't like John Turturro. By this point, I'd just sort of given into it, and I was just letting it happen and watching them. And then you have a Transformer transform into a person, which is... Yeah, that, was, that raises all sorts of questions. Because, yeah. first of all, 
They can make it look like a woman, but not behave like one. She's less human than the robots are, like than when they're it's robots. It's so weird, isn't it? She just yeah. reacts in a really weird way. They've apparently made her a rape bot, which is somehow going to be uh, stop him. I don't know what the plan is. But then if they can make themselves look like people, then why is this not used ever again for any yeah. kind of strategic purpose? Yeah. I think the second one's really pretty indefensible, to be honest. There's just nothing about it that I can really... Even the action feels kind of like... I don't know, you, you you get a sense Michael Bay was sort of excited to make the first one, and you don't get that with the second one. You, you, you get a sense that he's just trying to get through a bad situation... Well, he he did actually come out and call the film crap at one point. Uh, yeah. In an interview, he said, "Yeah, I mean, the writer's strike just ruined it." And yeah, I think he made a mistake here, like trying to develop the robots and and that whole story. Like we we see Decepticons having like strategy meetings and and that sort of thing, and and it, it just made it feel so much more cartoony because they're silly. They've got sort of this very black and white moral level. Mm. They they've got stupid names. You can't take them seriously as like a, a as a military threat when they're calling mm. each other like Starscream and, and Wizard Sleeve or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Starscream is better than Mudflap and Skids. I mean, admittedly, those are uh, Michael Bay names. Which ones are Mudflap and Skids? They're the they're really annoying ones. ones. They? They're, they're they're little Chevrolets and uh, they hang around with Megan Fox mostly, and they're just like bumping each other over. They're doofuses. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're both they're, they're twins, horrible. aren't they? Yeah, they're supposed to be twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. racist. Um, and the, <laughs> and the other thing I have about this, you know, the all spark, right? That becomes the thing, and yes. and it has this this little shard that accidentally makes all the kitchen items come to life. Yeah. Are they alive or are they kind of robot zombies? Are they have they been given life? Because this raises questions about the nature of life, especially when you see the Decepticons then like breeding robots in bags of goo that they haven't got enough yeah. goo to. And none of that ever gets explained ever again. It's just these yeah, little things no. that are dropped in that never go anywhere. Uh, what's the, what's going? And then there's only like seven Autobots in the whole thing. So if you can just make new ones, why aren't they just making new ones? I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I think these are all questions that had writers been involved in the film, they probably would have answered or at least tried to convince Michael Bay out of not doing. But I, I think we we talked about this on the last film. Like he doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about the <laughs> mythology. All he wants to do is have things blow up and funny yeah. things happen. So it's just he just doesn't care. I mean, my, my Michael Bay only really has, like, oh, probably, yeah, three ways of introducing characters. Either you're a woman and therefore not a character, so the camera's going to be up your skirt. Yeah. You're either a sort of a, a, you know, a good, decent, moral, you know, working class, blue collar guy, like <laughs> Sam is here, or um, the Josh Duhamel character. Or you're a, a bizarre comedy, um, bizarre comedy, well, bizarre comedy character who's like up in everyone's face and like waving bits of paper and um, going really <laughs> over the top with everything. That's th- Those are the only three things that exist in Michael Bayland. And just the whole climax, like I hate the scrotum thing. That really upset me when the um, giant constructor con has the big balls beneath it and John Turturro's beneath them. It's just why? I don't know why that bothers you. I mean, it was all along the same lines of a silly comedy bit they were doing. I don't know why that bothered you. Did you, oh, I, yeah. Did you start like testicles? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no, it was more just... Uh, it was more just... The idea that they've made a toy now with that and... Uh, <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe maybe the toy doesn't have those balls beneath that I've not checked. It would upset me too much if it did. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm done with the second one. It's my it's certainly my least favourite of the, the bunch. Yeah, I agree. It's substantially worse than the others, I think. My ratings for the four films are seven, six, five, four. So there you go. Oh. I think that that just sounds like you got fatigued from yeah. watching them all. I don't, know if, I don't know if I know which ones are which, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Mudflapping skids. <laughs> Stop saying that. That's what this one is. This one is Mudflapping skids. But the third one, the, for, right, the, the whole fucking two films are built up about this romance between Sam and... <laughs> oh, I know, it, that... And it's so, and, and they don't even handle it well. Okay, you've lost the actor. You need to bring someone else in, but handle it better. Like yeah. have him like beginning. He's upset that he's been dumped, and then he meets someone as part of the journey. Not he's moved on so immediately, and then they've got this actor. I'm saying in inverted commas, playing the girl. <laughs> Who is she? She can't act. She, She's um, British for some reason. Mike Michael Bay does uh, TV ads for Victoria's Secret, <laughs> and uh, Rose Huntington Whiteley was uh, one of the models in one of those adverts, and that's how he met her. <laughs> she's not terrible, but she's not good. No, no. Um, do you know who she's uh, engaged to at the moment? Michael Bay's son. No, no, no. Michael Bay. No, no, no. Jason Statham. Jason Statham? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and Jason Statham are engaged. So how much... Is she 20 years younger than him? or what's, what's, Almost that? exactly. Excellent. Yes. Good work. That's that's <laughs> that's the point of being famous. If, you, if, you, if you're not shagging someone 20 years younger than you, then it's just wasted. <laughs> but then the worst thing about that is that they set up this terrible relationship and then they carry her on throughout the whole thing and we're supposed to completely buy into this huge love story at the end again yeah. which the yeah, fir- yeah. in really the first films me, they yeah. at least built it up and, ma- and made it work within the Hollywood context with this one they completely mm. faked it it feels like it was written for Megan Fox's character and then yeah. they just had to like quickly add in some lines like to the extent that later on in the film she's having a heart to heart with Megatron and she's the one who convinces him to go back into the battle and, and all that kind of stuff and that would only really work if you had previous relationship yeah. or previous mm. experience together. Like, why would Megatron give a shit about this girl that is, is just next to him? Like, he hates humans. Why would he even give her the time of day? This one was in 3D, wasn't it? Yes. Do you remember, Saul? You and I saw it at the cinema together. Yeah, you made me go and see it. <laughs> I needed someone to go with. And I wasn't <laughs> happy about it. In fact, I think I've guilt-tripped pretty much everyone I've ever been to see these films with into seeing them. <laughs> Uh, I was going through a breakup on the next one, so uh, that's how I got that one. But uh, <laughs> well, I, I did like how uh, in the in the third film, the Autobots have, have changed their policy of pacifism and, and protecting humans, uh, and they now just go around helping Americans kill Iranians. <laughs> oh, no. I just like, like Optimus Prime, especially in this one, and in the in the fourth one as well. He's like he's like bloodthirsty. Yeah. He's like like screaming, "I will kill you all!" And it's like this is not what I mean. Fair enough. In the show, he was quite a bland, you know, um, typical good guy hero character. There wasn't much depth to him at all. But to turn him into this like just willing to massacre like anything that gets in his way, it's bizarre. I think it'd be great if they actually explored it as like, uh, yeah, what's happened to this guy? He's seen some shit and it's made yeah. him like lose his, you know, way a bit. But it's not. I don't think it's an intentional. Um, one thing I liked about the third film 
Well, one thing that I could have liked about the Hurt film, but then they didn't explore it in the way that it should have done, was mm. like the basically Sam's story, this side story, where that he's having trouble going back to normal life after these really kind of massive experiences. It's kind mm. of almost like post-traumatic stress, but it's more about... Yeah, like coming back to normal life. Like if you've served in the military and then you come back to normal life and you were once a man of power and now you're just like, oh, go and get a job in this uh, factory. It's like, how do you reposition yourself within the world? And that's what he's going Mm. through. And it's really interesting. And he's desperate for more. And it actually makes him quite a bad person because he's he wants to go do you know who i am i fucking saved the world and you're telling me to deliver mail and yeah. I, I thought that was really good i thought shia labeouf kind of brought that together really nicely but they didn't give it the time to actually develop like that could have been the whole story take out the girl mm. take out this nonsense love story and make that his his emotional plot throughout the film but obviously one writer thought that was an interesting idea and no one no one allowed them to expand on it so hmm I can't remember which one it was, but there was one of the films where you literally could have taken the last 40 minutes off and I don't think I would have noticed. If the film, if my disc had just stopped like 40 <laughs> minutes before the end, I would have just gone, oh yeah, okay. That's, that's I think that. this one's the longest one, isn't it? And that, that battle in well, Chicago. Of the first three. Is the fourth one longer? Yeah. yeah. Oh. The fourth one is obscenely long. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I mean, that that whole sh- Battle of Chicago, as it's referred to, um, oh, yeah. does last for, oh, yeah. got about an hour yeah, it must at be the end of the one, thing. Yeah. And, but, I mean, there are, don't you think there are some, like, amazing sequences in it? Like, it's, yeah. some, of the, some of the action is pretty incredible. I was, I was just about to say, like, I don't like the third film particularly, but it, it's a good example of what Michael Bay does well, which is, you know, as you say, good action. <laughs> Um, mm. See, I I have no interest in action. I I think I really kind of phased out a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not massively drawn into it here, but I mean, it's it was yeah. And uh, how how much how so much of it is done practically as well? Like the actors are actually on a set that's like mm-hmm. being tilted around and stuff. It's just it's really re- really impressive. I find all that stuff so boring though. I just can't get into action like that. I think if it's choreographed well and the music's good, I can roll with it. And I think, say what you will about Michael Bay, he does choreograph his action. He knows how to choreograph an action sequence. Yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult when you can't really tell the robots apart, because I, yeah. I don't think the design of the robots is especially yeah. identifiable, beyond yeah. Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. Really. That's, that's, that's why I hate just watching them punch each other, because it's just so, like... Well, anyway... Should we move on to the fourth? Or? It's almost a complete reboot, really. I mean, it's in the same yeah. narrative timeline, yeah. but in terms of the characters... Yeah, the Transformers are the same, and they've you know been through the past experiences. The Battle of Chicago was an actual thing, and that's affected the world, but the human bunch is completely different now. Another pretty good cast assembled here as well. This is my favourite of the film so far, uh, and a large part of that is down to the cast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Mark Wahlberg, but I think he's a perfectly fine leading yeah, man. Yeah, he's... This is what he's made for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it, Stanley Tucci. I love him. He's I, good, I much prefer his whole shtick to John Turturro's yeah, yeah. In, the, in the last three, who, who, who just became very grating. Yeah. One of my problems with this is that you got Mark Wahlberg and he's got this... So he's got this daughter and we immediately establish, right, okay, he's going to be the overprotective father. Oh, now there's a boyfriend, okay. I know exactly what's going to happen with this entire character. So that's all right, mm. okay. But then what really struck me here, and it was the same in the previous film, So, but it struck me here because Marky Mark is really going on about his daughter and like, hey, don't look at her, she's only 17, like, don't stop sexualizing her. But it just mm. made me realize, like, 
that is her purpose in this film. It's Megan Fox's purpose in the yeah, film. It's I, I, a yeah, young jailbait white girl for everyone to go, fucking hell, she's sexy. And then, but then to, to actually outright highlight the fact that that's inappropriate within that's the, the thing. story. It, it, it was really this weird, weird thing where, as I was watching it, I was thinking, so is this directed at the audience? What yeah. Marky Mark's saying? Is it meant. It didn't feel like it was making a point, though, did it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's something that Michael Bay seems to really like, is just getting comedy out of overprotective fathers. It's it's another yes. one of his ongoing yeah, tropes yeah, yeah. that he, he goes back to. Yeah. Martin Lawrence um, in Bad Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is the fact that they make a point of it here. Like They talk about that Romeo and Juliet law, which I'm not sure if that's yeah, an actual thing about? in Texas. But I think that's basically justifying, like, oh no, they can have sex even though she's 17 and that's fine because well, I think, I think, uh, they met when he was under Yeah, I think two. basically what that law comes down to is if it's all right, it was only a couple of years. You know what I mean? It's like we're not worried about 20 year olds shanging 17 year olds. We're worried about 30, how old am I? 30, uh, <laughs> 33 year olds <laughs> shagging 17 year olds, um, which makes sense. But then he makes such a weird, like, big deal of it and he's got a little card outlining the law. Yeah. It's like, that's really I weird. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he's got a card outlining it is a big warning sign. (laughs) Yeah. But of course, we have one of my favourite actors also in this film, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As the main villain. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't be happier. I love it when he turns up in these, because he's such a gas bag. It feels like this character is probably the closest thing he plays to himself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I yeah I, I I love Kelsey Grammer so much and everything. Frazier's the only thing that I can actually really take him seriously in. Whenever I see him in anything else, he's yeah. just oh, it's Kelsey Grammer acting. I never feel like it's the character, you know. It's like oh, he's trying to be tough as a CIA man or whatever. <laughs> um, can we talk a bit about the character design uh, of the robots? Um, specifically, yes! Optimus Prime has changed, so he he kind of looks more toned. Like he's got proper pecs, uh, which is a weird change. And now there's all these new Autobots, and I don't know where they're supposed to have come from, because from what I understand, there was only like seven of them on the planet, and they were going to all get evicted. So uh, these new characters that they introduce, one's like a cowboy guy, one's a samurai guy, and it's just the weirdest... Why have they taken on these centuries-old like human fashions as their robot designs? Because now, finally, we can tell them apart. That's why. Yeah, because, but like, this it, is my favourite bunch of Transformers It makes it feel like a season. cartoon, though, Seriously. rather than... Yeah. The, I, I agree, we and want to fine. be able to tell them apart, but, like, just... Why Why has one of them got a beard and a cigar? What? Where's the logic behind that? <laughs> because it's funny, and it's John Goodman, and he's like... Also, it's, it's fine when it's a beard, but not when it's testicles. Uh... Yes. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's the context of the testicles that annoy me uh, in, in, in that particular sequence of the second one. Um, anyway, Dinobots, everyone. Dinobots. Oh, yeah. What's that about? <laughs> Brilliant, aren't they? I, I, I've, I've got a note here that says, there's an alien robot with a medieval sword riding a dinosaur alien robot. What's going on? <laughs> Brilliant. That's what's going on. Well, the thing is, like, I on paper I should love that, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know what it is about it. To begin with, I was enjoying this film probably the most out of all of them. But by the time you get to the dinosaurs, it's like two and a half hours into the film, 
and I just wanted to go to sleep. I was sick of it. <laughs> I'd had enough, and there was still like an hour of this nonsense to go. And doesn't it feel like when I, I was kind of watching the film without really regarding the time all that much, and then when they get on, you know, when they get onto the ship to save Mark Wahlberg's daughter, mm. and it's about halfway through the film. Yeah, that felt like okay. This is gearing up to the climax now. Yeah, because they're on the they're on the big transformer ship, and they're trying to get off, and they're in a city. It's going to be over in half an hour. And then I checked the time and there was still like an hour left after they got off the ship. And I was like, huh. And then I remembered, oh, wait, yes, they go to China. It <laughs> is, it's two and three quarter hours long, this mm. film, which is yeah. And it affects the pacing of it because they're trying to do too much. Like at one point there was something going on, blah, 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 blah. And then we came back to Frasier and I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I'd forgotten he was in this. And there must have been like 25 minutes where we had to just leave him because we had to go and deal with this other thing. And at one point, Stanley mm. Tucci goes missing for about half an hour. And then I had that back. with all of them, though. Like, I even had that with the first film, you know, when the um, Australian woman in the first one and her mate, like, mm. are getting interrogated. And the guy's like, I mean, oh, I forgot about donuts. those characters, yeah. Yeah, like, they disappear for half the film and then suddenly they come back. And I was like, whoa, what? Oh, yeah, these guys, okay. Mm. But but I agree, it does affect the pacing entirely. Like you've almost got a full film, like at the start, just with Mark Wahlberg on the farm. Mm, yeah, and they're dinosaurs. They're dinosaurs who are knights of like kind of classic medieval human history. I hate how Optimus Prime gets them on his side. He basically just beats the crap out of one and then says, "I'll kill you if you don't help me." And that's it then, apparently. Because these are supposed to be good guys, the Dinobots. Yeah, I didn't even understand why he was fighting with them, to be honest. Uh, I didn't know who they were, what they were doing, why they existed. I I didn't even get that they were, like, intelligent. Because they're sort of introduced as just, like, feral robot animals, aren't they, initially? Mm. Well, they are in the the cartoon film, if you remember. Grimlock! He was the one who, Grimlock, no, like flying. Oh, yeah. Those ones. (laughs) <laughs> uh, too long. I I I I liked it uh, quite a lot actually. All right. Well, well, the new one coming out is like a period piece, right? Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think it'll just be like what the third one did with the sixties. It's you know we'll see a bit of. Oh, that's a shame. I thought they were going to go full blown medieval, and and finally this franchise might get interesting. Medieval Transformers. Nah. That'd be great. I think. I think that'll just be like uh, a prelude to the modern day. Have you have you not seen a trailer? Uh, yeah, there's loads of like advanced trailers. There's lots of kids in it. That's what I noticed. Mm. I saw something with Anthony Hopkins going on about something, but yes. I wasn't paying attention. Anthony Hopkins is in it. They've got they've got a strong female character. Have they? Yeah, there's this like a 13 year old girl by the looks of it who Mark Wahlberg's happened oh. to look after her for some reason, but she's like oh. she's like the kick ass girl. There was I saw this trailer. And it was like her talking directly to camera, going like, yeah, people say I fight like a girl. Yeah, damn right. That that sort of thing. Like, huh. it's real empowerment of women. It's beautiful. <laughs> John Turturro is back. You pleased yeah. about that, Calvin? No, I'm not. Uh, Stanley Tucci's back, though, so there's, there's hope. Yes. I quite like yeah. Stanley Tucci's character in that, because not just the character, like but him. the fact that he was kind of... We're leading him up as if he's going to be, like, the bad guy. And then he was like, yeah, ooh, this is going way out of hand. I'm going to have to, like... And he did the full switch, and I, I liked that. And it was kind of the, mm. the closest you're going to get to moral ambiguity in these films. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you, are you looking forward to this upcoming Bumblebee spin-off, Calvin? Uh, not so much. Does, does, is anyone? Uh, 
It's a good question. I'm not quite sure what the Bumblebee spin-off is going to be like, because if it's just going to be Bumblebee by himself, or because surely the whole the whole appeal of a Transformers film is getting them all together in a big fight and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like he's he's the lead Transformer in the first one. He has a lot of time yeah. to himself anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely, if you do a spin-off, you pick like John Goodman's character or the Australian one or something, and just do a whole film mm. with them, or or the samurai one. Yeah, uh, should we should we pitch our sequels? Yeah, we no, I I, I can go, but I um my uh, I've already talked about how much I loved Beast Wars, and if I was in charge of the whole Transformers thing, I would just do a film version based on Beast Wars. I have a question. Um, right, what's the theme tune like for Beast Wars? Because it Beast Wars, da 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 da, dinos in disguise. No, it's 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 more like Beast Wars. Rawr! Beast Wars. <laughs> and then there's like a, an instrumental. And then it uh, and then it ends with Beast Wars. Or in Canada, because they didn't like war in the title of a children's thing, they called it Beasties. <laughs> so So instead you have Beasties. Which is not the same. <laughs> So, uh, I, I, be- I basically want to do the first season of uh, Beast Wars as a film. Okay. So we're not going to have any humans in this. It's set on prehistoric Earth. So, um, so it's an have... animated film? Um, in the sense of Disney live-action remakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a uh, live-action yes, film. Yes, okay. exactly. So it's prehistoric Earth, but like, you know, we'll have live-action backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. So basically the Maximals and the Predacons <laughs> uh, are fighting in space. And they crash land on Earth. Now, on the maximal side, you have Optimus Primal, who, uh, in fact, oh no, another little game. See if you can guess what the what animal form they take on. Oh God, um, Optimus Primal. What would uh, what animal? T-Rex. Would he be? Gorilla. Gorilla. Yes. Correct. Oh, the animals. I'm thinking dinosaurs. Oh, ah, well, there might be. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, voiced by Gary Chalk as <laughs> the original cast. Oh, good old uh, Gary. Then, then also on the maximal side we have Rat Trap. Rat is a rat. Yep. <laughs> we have Cheetor. A cheetah. Yes. A what? Cheetor. <laughs> oh God. Lion-O. Skeletor. And, and then we have Rhinox. <laughs> An ox. <Yes. laughs> and then on the Predacon side we have Megatron. T-Rex. A maggot. <laughs> How did you guess? Is it a T-Rex? T- T-Rex, yeah. Well, because Alan said before, and you said, oh, well, maybe, so... Oh, okay. Then we have Scorponok. Scorponok. <laughs> yes. Tarantulus. <laughs> yes. Pterosaur. Oh. Uh, triceratops. No, but there close. There can't be more than one dinosaur, surely. No, there is pterosaur. A pterodactyl. Yes, oh, well God. done. Oh, fuck's sake, course. And Dinobot. <laughs> a dinosaur robot. <laughs> He's a raptor. <laughs> so we have these. Now, um, in the first uh, few scenes, Dinobot betrays Megatron, and he's exiled from the Predacons, and he later joins the Maximals as a turncoat. Anyway, basically, a lot of the season one arc of Beast Wars was to do with um, when they landed on Earth, they weren't sure if it was Earth or not, because there were two moons in the sky. Now, this was actually something that the writers did... Because the writers couldn't decide whether or not to set it on Earth or not, so they said, well, we'll put two moons up there, and if we decide it is Earth, we can blow one up, and then just... 
roll with it. I don't know how they would have explained how all these Earth animals are on another planet if it hadn't been Earth. But um, but anyway, um, it's actually quite a, like they end up coming to Earth because Did they. All, um, I don't think all those animals coexisted at any point in history either. So, well, no, 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 no. But they just scanned the skeletons of the dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Yes, so that that counts as well, apparently. Anyway, so the first season is about them trying to figure out what planet that it is they're on, and the um, there are aliens involved, and they're the ones who turn one of the moons into a giant planet-destroying device, and they're gonna because they have it's a bit like Prometheus. They've sort of got these experiments going down on Earth and stuff, um, and then they decide, ah, fuck it, these robots have come down and they're ruining everything. Let's just blow up the whole planet and be done with it. So the whole film is about basically getting them to not blow up Earth and all that kind of stuff. And we have some infighting between the group because Dinobot moves over to the Maximal side and they don't trust him. Like He's like, is he good? Is he bad? What is he? Um, we can introduce a couple of new characters in here like they did in the show because uh, they would occasionally have characters drop in from just space. before Just before the Christmas season. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, one of them uh, became Black Arachnia, <laughs> a Black Widow spider, a, a lady character, and then there was there was also Tigertron. Um, so these new characters couldn't come in halfway through. Oh, sort of, can we, Alan? We should pitch some new characters to Calvin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see okay. if they're up to standard. Uh, <laughs> I've got one, uh, Slothicus. Yeah, <laughs> so there was never sloth. a sloth. <laughs> it's really shit, Gary. Tortugua. So you're actually really close with that. Uh, there, there is one. Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. He's a fusor. He's half crocodile, half turtle. Fusor. <laughs> fusors are fusors are in the second season when they needed to uh, introduce new gimmicks into the toys. They started putting two animals in one, so you would have like a wolf with wings or a, a scorpion with a snake tail. What about sort of um, giraffe? 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 Tron. I don't think there was ever a giraffe. They ended up changing after the first season, they changed the names to be more ambiguous because it's it occurred to them we've got a character, like it's really awkward in the first uh, couple of scenes of the TV show because the the characters have just sort of like, you know, scanned a cheetah to be their animal form and they're coming up with new names for themselves. Octorok. Anyway, um, the uh, (laughs) So that's basically my film, and the film will, would end with Optimus Primal making the ultimate sacrifice to go and Pikachu. take down the moon. <laughs> Just like in the at the end of the first season of the animated show when he sacrifices himself and Megatron facilitates his demise. And that's how we end the film, leaving us open for the sequel, when Optimus Primal returns, and Fusors come to Earth, and the Beast Wars turn transmetal, and uh, yes... I mean, I, I'd, I'd be more interested in Beast Wars than uh, human robots, truck robots. It makes it more about the the robots themselves, which 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 I like. Um, and you've got no room for humans coming in and ruining things. Even though uh, primitive humans did play a part in the second and third oh, season of the show, when Meg well Megatron was like worked out that they were on prehistoric Earth and that oh wait if I kill humans here I can change the future. So we're gonna so cast Jack to- Black and. Um, Neanderthal as a couple of cavemen. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's exactly it. Cool, cool. Michael Bay level casting. <laughs> um, well, I, I realised, and, and to my to my shame, I, it wasn't until I was watching the fourth film for some reason, but I, I realised that there are no 
fembots. There's no female Transformers. Oh, there is a pink one in the uh, you missed our there's, animated. There's one yeah. in the animated show, isn't With there? Boobs well, I did think, yeah, they would. They no, would no, have no, to no. Be... And in the second film, RC, she's in the second oh, is film. She? Oh, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't catch up on that. But I did say, well, am I right? I said it would have to be a pink car. Is that am I right? Uh, uh, she's a pink motorbike in the second. Uh, Was she blue? There you go. Uh, but yeah, she's a, she's a pink motorbike. Uh, I wanted to do a bit of gender realignment on these films and and make a female hero. Um, and I don't, I'm not interested in the action, so I just want to make a proper straight up comedy film mm. as my human hero. And this would probably work as a sitcom. I think we could have a sitcom spin off if we play our cards right. I, I want my human hero as Kate McKinnon. Okay. Uh, okay. She she plays a strong, independent woman. Um, but for for some reason, which I haven't quite fully figured out, she lives with these transformers. Now, <laughs> <laughs> in a well, condominium. This, yeah, but this will be like a new development. Like they crash land in her flat or whatever, and so she has to learn to live with them. Is it a normal person-sized flat that's far too small for the robots? No, they're normal. Like they're robot, small robots. Because I preferred the robots that turned into like a. A lamp or okay. a, a Hoover and stuff like that. So they're all that size. So there'll be like about half a dozen of these transformers, and they can transform into household objects. So they have to uh, like hide. But then their personalities will kind of be a bit like the things they are, like in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sort of dragging little things together, like Beauty and the Beast. Earth Girls are easy, if you've ever seen that. Um, I, I imagine this is what Mr. Popper's Penguins is. I, I haven't seen it. But, like, someone who has to learn to to look after something in their house without anyone knowing or something. Flubber. Doc, like, Dr. Doolittle, where he can talk to the animals, but no one else can. But that, that's the sort of level I'm, I'm working at here. So the hilarity of it will come from her trying to live a normal life with these Transformers. <laughs> so I want her to have like a crotchety old landlord who's like snooping around and they have to like hide. Now, I want the landlord to be played by B. Arthur, uh, but oh, <laughs> as she's been brilliant. dead as she's been dead for several years, I'm going to go with the nearest thing I can get, which is Harvey Firestein. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, oh my god, look at the, all these Transformers. <laughs> you haven't got any robots in there, have you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we could have it, he's like, he's really like anti-robots <laughs> or something, for no no obvious reason. <laughs> is, this set in the, is this a new continuity you're establishing, or is it uh, set in the same yeah. Michael Bay world? I think it'd be best if it was set in the 80s, I think that would work. Um, but no, it's completely new, I'm rebooting. Uh, so the basically the plot of it is around the Transformers have to escape from Earth because they crash landed. She she's trying to help them, uh, but then the the emotional kind of through line will be Kate McKinnon's character learning that she needs to stop taking work so seriously and slow down mm. and enjoy life while she has the chance. Um, in other words, she will be transformed as a person. Ah. <laughs> Is it called Transform Her? Her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is now. Oh, um, uh, some potential scenes, I think, would be good. Uh, her, her licentious boss, played by Alec Baldwin, he comes round to work on a big, important case. I don't know what a job is exactly, but um, <laughs> he tries. He tries to get fresh with her, and uh, and then the robots, the robots help her out, get but without fresh. him realizing that they're robots. So, like, they have to just like. You know, the lamp like whacks him on the back of the head, 
<laughs> and like household objects coming to life is is really what I'm after. Um, mm. What about this? She 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 has a legitimate date uh, with someone, and she's trying to have sex with him without them seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, she has oh, to the, hide the, the... them from him. They're trying to watch. <laughs> can can we have Kelsey Grammer as her dad? Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and no. Gary Chalk as her uncle. <laughs> Gary Chalk uh, is, a, is the guy who works at the newspaper stand that she talks to every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, he goes, hey, how you doing? That's his line. <laughs> is he is he like a Gunther in Friends who is just basically an extra, but then they start giving him more and more lines. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I've got some ideas for voices of the robots. Okay, Brilliant. Melissa McCarthy, she's yes, she's got one of them. Turn up, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I struggle to get what, him on what, a TV budget. What? What? Uh, what apparatus would they be? What, well, this uh, is what I need your help, like um, on this, uh, oh, on well, this basis. Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's just a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could be like a big wardrobe or something. Oh yes, yes. Make he can be a credenza. <laughs> Uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy could be like a fridge who's constantly eating herself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd have lots of jokes about that. Okay. And then I wanted um, uh, that one of them has to be a wisecracking black guy. Uh, ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tyrese, no, is this a TV show? We need a TV budget, people. Like you need, um, you need uh, Craig Robinson, Wanda Sykes, Craig Robinson. Wanda Sykes. <laughs> yeah, both of them as a couple. They, they should both be in it, yeah. <laughs> Wanda Sykes can be a doormat and she's complaining about, like, oh, always walking all over me. Wanda Sykes <laughs> voiced a drinks vending machine in Futurama. Ah. So she can just reprise that role. Um, there should also be a, an older person who sounds very wise and a child. Uh, right. I think they're important characters to have. Like a, a grandfather's clock and uh, yeah. a smartphone? Nightlight. Nightlight, Ooh, brilliant, very good. And then, of course, uh, you'd need to have Jackie Chan. Okay. <laughs> uh, Coat rack. <laughs> I, I, isn't it weird how Jackie Chan's getting all this voiceover work to say he can barely speak English? <laughs> well, it has a very interesting voice. And Eddie Murphy. We, can we get Eddie Murphy to be a, in, in this? He's a good voice actor. No, we can get Martin Lawrence. What about George Takai? <laughs> no, we, we can get James Hong, though. That's, that's, that'd be right. <laughs> I love James Hong. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's about 98 now, but he's, he's still, a still fucking working. great voice actor, though. He's really good. Uh, well, that's that's me. That's, that's my idea. It's okay. uh, essentially a comedy, yeah. Makes but with sense. a woman in it to be revolutionary. Mm hmm. Mm. Uh, so, I did that thing where I wrote one really late at night, like months ago, and I haven't looked at it since. So I'm, I'm going to be reading this with oh, you. So I don't know what I don't know what it is, but let's see. It's Christmas Eve, and our lead man, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> he's uh, he's <laughs> madly trying to pick up the latest hottest toy that every kid wants, but it's sold out. Oh. Some some robot toy thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he gets into a series of uh, comedic mishaps and misunderstandings and ends up sort of but uh sort of not teaming up with Sinbad. 
popular comedian <laughs> comedian Sinbad. Uh, the the toys are everywhere, but this this main one is sold out. It's like really really mad crazy. Anyway, Arnie's out at like eleven forty five, uh, driving home, given up, and then he sees a meteor crashing to the ground, and it makes him like swerve off the road to avoid it. And he he gets out of his car, and this this like six inch tall robot emerges, asking if he's okay. And you know they they do all the like you are a robot oh, and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Uh, they have loads of comedic mishaps, and uh, eventually he he agrees to take the robot to the city if it agrees to be his kid's Christmas present. The robot says there's no time, but it, it explains that the the toy that Arnie's been trying to get is actually an evil. Um, uh, Decepticon, oh. Calvin, is that what they are? Decepticon. Yeah, and they've they found a way to to Trojan horse society to take over mm. the world, like um, like Audrey Two does in in Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> no, four more days to Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Um, and uh, Arnie's like, why why did you leave it to the last minute to do something about this? And the robot's like, well, why did you leave it to the last minute to buy your kid a fucking present? You, Dickhead. Um, Burn. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the robot transforms into Santa's sleigh, and they they have to start going from house to house, killing evil transformers that are under each tree. So now it's a bit like the Santa Claus, but in reverse. A bit like Nightmare Before Christmas, just going into everyone's house and and like killing all these evil miniature robots. But um, well, they got to destroy like two million of them in one night. Yeah. Okay. They try. They've got to try. You know. Anyway, then they, they go to a rich kid's house and they're they're overpowered because he has like five hundred Transformers toys under his tree. And they all they all fight back at once and thankfully just at this moment the good guy robot backup arrives. The uh Auto Autobots? Autobots, yes. Yeah, Autobots. You watched four of these films, <laughs> I would have thought this terminology would have been. Um and it's it's hundreds and thousands of tiny little like miniature Autobots. Uh, it's about six in the morning at this point, and yeah, so all the robots are fighting, and and then we just have like a Michael Bay style hour of like big action, but all the robots are really small, like a centimeter to six inches in in size, and they're all fighting each other. People are are out and about in the streets, like watching awkwardly, stepping around them whilst they fight with like pencils and stuff. Um, that can make quite a, a good you know variation actually, because you could still make it totally like epic and have explosions and things but then like one of them gets thrown off a settee instead of yeah. a building and that's thinking about it actually you can, you can make that work really nicely i wasn't thinking about it when i wrote it but thinking about it ant-man does that quite nicely where they yeah. like shrink yeah, yeah, down yeah. and make a big song and dance out of playing you know fighting each other with cups of water or whatever um but yeah that's basically it i just want i want uh, it's it's a big setup to a big michael bay uh action sequence but all the robots are really small <laughs> <laughs> um, and the good the good ones beat the bad ones they they fight them to death at the end <laughs> and then maybe there's a bit at the end where like Arnie's wife is like oh I can't wait to see what you got me for our anniversary tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> just just like jingle all the way is this like now is this Arnold Schwarzenegger as a 67 year old yeah Okay, and is is the child he's finding the present for? Is is that the child he had with his wife or the one he had with the the maid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a legend or confirmed? No, no, it's confirmed. <laughs> oh right. Oh okay. Oh dear. 
Shall we wrap up? <laughs> Where are we at? Yeah, let's 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 transform and roll out. There we go, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. And if you enjoyed it, then please do help spread the word by giving us a rating on iTunes, or just go old school and tell someone about it. If you'd like to get involved and join the discussion, then you can contact us on all the usual social media outlets, but if you want a nice central hub for all your diminishing returns needs, then simply go to dimreturns.com, where you can get all our episodes and reviews and all the other extra bits that we put up. Join us next week when we try and find our inner child to embrace the world of Despicable Me and the Minions. And just before you go, we've added on a little bonus track. Keep listening to hear a game that Saul put together to challenge Calvin and myself on our intimate knowledge of the cast of Transformers. See you next week. Basically, I, I think you guys should go back and forth, take turns, okay. and uh, okay. I want you to try and guess everyone who's been nominated, everyone who's been in a Transformers movie who's been nominated for a Razzie Award. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, you you are familiar with the Razzies, I assume. Yes, mm. yes, of okay. course. Well, for for listeners, any who might not know, it's um kind of the anti Oscars. They they take place mm. every year before the Os- the night before the Oscars, and it's for quote unquote the worst films of the year. Though. And they are they're as bad as the Oscars in the sense of they just focus on high profile films. Yeah, yeah, really exactly. not fair at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll go first because I think I know one right off the bat. Yeah, Megan Fox. Yes, Megan Ooh. Fox uh, has got five nominations and a win. Wow. So, <laughs> wow, she won for Jennifer's Body. Um, no, surprisingly. Oh, oh no, hang on. Oh, she has. It's it's joint Transformers two and Jennifer's Body. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Alan. Um. Yeah. No. I, no. I think Shia LaBeouf's a good shout. Okay, Shia LaBeouf. Um, he's got two nominations. Ah. Mm-hmm. Calvin. Uh, well, I'm going to have to have a bit longer to think about this. So I'm going to go for Ro- Rose Huntington Whiteley. She's had two nominations, both for, two. Yeah, both for Transformers Three, uh, worst supporting oh, worst actress, actress and worst, worst screen couple. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Alan. Um, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark. Mm. Uh, let me just check. Yeah, Marky Mark has been nominated once. 2009. Can you guess what films? It's for two films. The Happening. Huh. That is correct. Ah. Uh, and the other one was Max Payne. <laughs> I think I've got a good one here. Uh, Tyrese. Tyrese. Let me check. No, he he's, must he's, have been... no he's not. What? No, nothing for Tyrese. <laughs> for every Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Worst on-screen couple, him and Ludacris. <laughs> um... Alan? Um, I guess think, think about what else they would have been in. Yeah. Ken Yong. Ken Yong was uh, nominated in 2012 for Worst Supporting Actor for a variety of films, one of which was Transformers 3. Right, Calvin? Uh, I'm going to go for John Voight. I bet he's John Voight? You're doing watching. well, Calvin. You've got, you've got a big one here. <sighs> yes, I knew it! He's been nominated five times, John Voight. Brilliant! Hang on, what, what, so, okay, which I think what for? Um, Anaconda. Anaconda. Worst actor, <laughs> worst screen couple. Worst screen couple for him and the animatronic Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. Uh, Bratz. 
Bratz, yeah, actually, uh, 2008, <laughs> worst supporting actor for Bratz, I'm... National Treasure 2, September Dawn, and Transformers all uh, together. Brilliant. How is that not? Brilliant. Has John Foyt got like a gambling problem or something? Like, what? <laughs> does he really need a lot of money? Why does he keep doing that? <laughs> uh, Come on, Alan, you, you, you Okay, I've got, I've got one, I've got one. I'm, I'm confident about okay. this one. John Malkovich. Ooh, Wild uh, Wild West. Surprisingly, no, oh, no, he's on. not. He's never, never been nominated. Surprisingly, Fuck's sake. I, th- I think that's probably because um, Johnny English was a British film that didn't get many American eyes on it. But <laughs> I thought he was good in that. I, I did, but that's exactly the kind of film that the Razzies yeah. would like pick a bone with. I bet that Josh Duhamel has been nominated for some kind of romantic comedy thing, potentially with, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's that blonde woman from the Grey's Anatomy called? Oh, um, Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, no, I'm afraid he's not, he's not had any. Ah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go on a similar idea, though, with Patrick Dempsey. Patrick ah. Dempsey has been nominated Worst Actor 2012 Transformers 3. Oh. Worst Supporting Actor, yeah. Harsh. <laughs> it's just doing this Patrick Dempsey thing, isn't that? It's exactly the same in that as everything else I've ever seen him in. So why is that a worse yes. performance? Yeah. Uh, uh, Calvin? Kelsey Grammer must have been nominated for one. Kelsey Grammer has been nominated... Or in fact, Kelsey Grammer won Worst oh. Supporting Actor 2015 for four films, one of which was Transformers 4. What was I... I've got an answer. What was I going to go with? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, surprisingly, no. Oh, mm. Damn. Calvin? Uh, uh, Bernie Mac? Oh, Bernie that's Mac, a good no. answer. Oh, what? Yeah. I thought you were on there. Surprised. I thought you were on. Let down. Oh, um, I don't know his name, but the fat black guy who's like the computer nerd in the first film. Yes. Anthony Anderson. Oh, Anthony Anderson. <laughs> yes. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone care to guess what he was nominated for? Is he? What's he in? <laughs> Two thousand and four like, was his nomination. Four. Is he? Is he is in the Big Mama's House? No. Is is he one of the fat black guys in uh, that Jim Carrey film where he has three fat black sons? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, no, his nomination was for Kangaroo Jack. Ah, yeah. yeah. Cast your mind back to, to yeah. Kangaroo Jack. Who's who's the girl in the yeah. in the the daughter in the in the last one? Her, Nicola Peltz. Nicola Peltz, two nominations. What? Yes, no way. she hasn't even been in two films. Who is she? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, she <laughs> had one for Transformers Four and one for The Last Airbender. Oh. Ah. Okay, yeah, then if we if we're doing this, then the boy who's in the last one as well. The boyfriend. Excuse me, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> we're just on a free for all now, right? T.J. Miller. Uh, T.J. Miller, no. Oh. <laughs> and, and the boy from the last one, though. Hmm. There, there's a there's a prominent cast member in the uh, original trilogy who's not been chosen yet. Um, I'm trying to think of like high profile actors. John Turturro. John Turturro shouldn't have been, but you know. Um, no, he's not been nominated ever. Mm. You said Josh Duhamel, Tyrese, the the dad. Nope. The mum. Yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nominated for worst supporting Transformers 2. That's harsh. Oh. She's doing exactly unfair. what she needs to do in that. 
I know, I know, it's silly. But but after that, Calvin, you are the clear winner with more than <laughs> twice Alan's points. <laughs> I just play for the love of the game, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> 